1: All right, let's get right down to a topic's worthy of discussion. Our first foray into the working week with our panel brought to you by Pizzaville. And joining us, Adrian Batra, editor in chief of the Toronto Sun. How's Adrian?
0: It's a great day for talk radio, John.
1: Thank you, Adrian. Mike Van Solen, principal at Navigator. Michael, thank you for coming in.
2: Might be dark outside, but as bright as ever in here, wow. Mr. Oakley. Very
1: good. That. Very nicely stayed. <laughs> and Carlene Nation, the return of the prodigal here daughter, here. media strategist at <laughs> One Nation PR. In Toronto, carlene Happy to, to ha-
3: be here, John. Good to have you Happy back. Happy to be here after
1: your foray into municipal politics. It was hell. You were running. <laughs> <it>. <laughs> well, that's that's an interesting way of putting it. Ward
3: ten is synonymous with hell. You were running in Ward ten, <laughs> pressing one Ward ten, but I know Fort, Fort York and right. Uh, Why was, was it hell? Well, it. it uh, what I learned from that whole thing was just seeing the NDP machinery at work, and I tell you they. They have a machinery in place. They may not get elected federally or provincially, but they own the city. Mm -hmm. And so you've got to come with a tougher game, a a better game plan. And hopefully in a couple of years time, I will be at it again. Haven't told my family that yet, but (laughs) Mm.
1: when you say they they come with a whole uh, apparatus there, I mean, is this resources,
3: people, people, resources, money, money everything it, it it's insane, so they were smart, they said, Well, we can't get elected federally or provincially, we're gonna control this, so they control the city, so I was happy that half Of the councillors, well, 22 of them are gone. You now have 25 city councillors, and uh, I think it's a good thing. You don't have 47 down there. It would have been great when I ran in the original setup under the 47 council seat. It was manageable. It was very doable. And then it got cut down. I agreed with it and decided to, to continue on. But you cannot run underfunded. It, it it makes no sense. You, oh. You're running an uphill battle.
0: That's what we talked about before. Um, those on the right, they're not organized enough. But on the left, they have that collectivist mentality, and they had Progress Toronto, a lot of money going behind them, and they just came off uh, what would they would consider to be a successful provincial government, and got the NDP to official opposition status. So they still had those people in place, and they mm-hmm. what the NDP does. You know, having lived out west, where that we've had NDP governments, they like a little machine that just moves from province to province to province and they just bring their resources bring their people bring their team bring their staff
3: um sure as heck didn't help them out very much on the mayor's race with no. miss Keysmat, though no no definitely didn't but uh it's something that uh, any it, it was a great experience in the sense that you know you learn something new i also learned that the uh the voters are in the houses not in the condos I focused almost exclusively on the condos that didn't work out well either so it was uh, it was uh, an education, so right. to speak. Well, that's all right. I mean, uh, you
1: know, the first time is not always the charm, and sometimes it's because you learn these lessons uh, running up that steep hill. Next time, you're better served.
3: Yes, I ran provincially twice, but this municipal game, and we were running, there were 14 of us, right. which was annoying, but uh, it's something <laughs> you have to deal with. Democracy can be <laughs> annoying, can't it? Uh, Listen, you know, the uh,
1: matter of money, this is interesting because uh, I was reading something, I guess it was in the Star today. Bite my tongue, right, Adrian? Yeah. Uh, That's all right. And it had to do with Ontario Proud. Uh, This Mm -hmm. is a company, Mm -hmm. a company. This is a uh, third party raising all kinds of money, apparently, and uh, there was some kind of disenchantment from the Star's perspective that they're looking to do uh, federally what they did in Ontario and uh, that means kneecapping justin trudeau's liberals mm-hmm. and pouring in resources to your point carlene uh, there has been then the suggestion there ought to be a limit now there is on corporate or union donations of fifteen hundred and seventy five dollars or something along those lines but third parties you can uh, contribute as much as you want to third parties they buy ads they do all kinds of ancillary things mike van solen mm-hmm. you think there ought to be a cap on third parties
2: well, what I will say is, uh, it, it is it's is—it's sort of rich for me to see that the Liberals and the left are now talking about the need to cap third parties. We've gone through uh, Ontario Proud. Uh, Jeff Mollengal runs that and does a really great job with it. Uh, certainly disruptive in the last election. Brought some really simple memes and gifs and, and all these things that you need in social media to generate conversation around really the record of the win and McGuinty governments, so and he did a great job. I, I'm all for having even rules. Like, let's talk it out and figure out what, what, what's appropriate. But I just, you know, I'll, I'll point out that, you know, the Toronto Star talking about this, uh, others taking this on now, and being really concerned that Ontario Proud could have the similar success that it had in the provincial election federally now is just a little bit rich when they look the other way when working families for four, three consecutive provincial elections literally trounced the PCs here in this province.
0: of the money spent during the last couple of provincial elections from third party were from, um, you know, the left. And now all of a sudden there is a group that is emerging on the center right that is sort of poking their finger in the eye of the so-called leftist establishment. Uh, They suddenly want rules. Mike articulated it very well. Uh, Jeff Ballingall is someone that I know personally. I worked with him at a point uh, a few years ago. Uh, he is smart he's young he understands how to run campaigns and he has underst and he understands where the pressure points are for um people to actually mobilize and get out and vote he has an extraordinary ability to reach uh, on on Facebook there's a huge reach my concern for what um, um you know the spot so much of its a spotlight being focused on him and him alone is that many of these platforms um the the left will try to de-platform him they will take him off of Facebook they will take him off these um, uh, on on Twitter and, and things like that where he's gained so much success and notoriety. But this is uh, an interesting thing looking at modern campaigning. This is how it's done. This is a reality. And so uh, we just finished talking about how the right is far less organized than the left. Bollingall has been able to do what almost many political campaigns are incapable of doing. They have uh, outreach, they get demographics, they get information, um, like almost a voter management system of their own, and um, they can target, and it's a pretty extraordinary new way of
3: using technology. And the messaging, too. Simple, on point, sharp. The graphics are just powerful. And uh, they're out there hard. So, yes, Ontario Proud had a huge impact on the provincial election, primarily because their messaging hit home But I think the pump
1: had also been primed. I mean, uh, there was so much disenchantment. It was just like, you know, waiting to topple, just give a little nudge, and the whole thing is coming down, Uh, the liberals in this instant. But now you've got Doug Ford as the premier, and uh, the latest story from Friday anyway is that uh, they made uh, Jim Wilson walk the plank. He was forced to resign. This is the... uh, before uh, f- uh... this weekend the minister of economic development and uh... according to global news they've learned from multiple sources that uh... mister wilson and another uh... member of the entourage uh, i guess he was the executive director of ford's issues management and legislative affairs he resigned as well andrew kimber after being confronted about multiple sexually inappropriate text messages in the case of wilson i mean there are allegations of sexually inappropriate behavior What's uh, interesting to me is that, uh, first of all, let me throw this around the horn because I saw with the liberals, allegations in and of themselves were not enough sometimes to disqualify somebody from being a member of caucus. Is this a new approach do you think Mike Van Solen, Doug Ford, is taking that, uh, hey, any impropriety, you got to go. You're out. You're out of caucus?
2: Well, I think it is. The truth is, we have to learn a little bit more about the story and what and what took place. Some of the facts, just as they're presented so far, we're really in, in day one of the. Well, I guess I guess in some respects it began with rumors a little bit earlier, but it looks like the the prime minister or the premier and Doug Ford, within hours of learning of these allegations, had both Jim Wilson and Andrew Kimber uh, removed. Right. Whether they, they they volunteered or you know however that goes, but within hours action swift action was taken. I think moving people out of caucus, uh, I. I can't know whether that was Jim voluntarily saying, hey, I know politics well enough, I'm stepping out of that role as well, or if the or if the Premier's office said it would probably be a good idea, you resign from the... Well, Global resi- News
1: is reporting that they were forced to resign, or at least, uh, well, uh, certainly Wilson was. Adrian, I mean, you know, is uh, an allegation enough now to disqualify somebody? Is that
0: uh, yeah. just... In yep. this era of Me Too, you uh, there is no due process. Okay. So um, the Toronto Sun is also reporting from multiple sources that uh, there was an allegation of um, misconduct. Uh, a complaint came from a political staffer against Jim Wilson: um, inappropriate touching, etc. And so that is enough. Um, but let's let's rewind the tape a little bit. Let's go to Friday. Friday morning, Jim Wilson made an announcement with the premier. And then Friday after late Friday Mm -hmm. afternoon, this we all break the story that he's out. So in that very short protracted period of time, something was about to either break or had come forward enough for Premier Ford to act. You have to in this day and age. And even if you see the statement that came out, um, and I've even issued that statement in the past when I worked for the office of the mayor under Rob Ford, you don't generally, you do not talk about staff-related issues or internal matters. I understand that. And I know the NDP is pushing, but you don't talk about these sorts of things. Um, But what has been seeping out is this information from a number of sources that we are reporting and Global is also reporting. So Doug had to act quickly because if he had sat on it, it would have been worse so um, you know the conversations are well, how much does this impact the government? Well, he acted immediately. It's not helpful that such a uh, such a pre, uh, um, young government had to do a cabinet shuffle. But uh, I think in the long term he he had to do the he did the right thing by uh, removing them.
1: It's interesting when you say the NDP are pushing on this. The NDP's deputy leader, Sarah Singh, is saying, quote, Doug Ford has a lot to answer for after he and his insiders cooked up a new cabinet in the dead of night and behind closed doors <laughs> without any explanation to Ontario families or me. It is about the stupidest things is, I've ever heard.
3: That is really rich. Uh, two, it gave Doug Ford the opportunity to shuffle some of his underperforming uh, ministers and promote some of the more uh, effective ones. Uh, certainly the most significant uh, uh, demotion, if you will, within the cabinet would be Michael Tobodo, who's now uh, Minister of Tourism, who was formerly Minister of Corrections Services. Um, so, yes, there are disadvantages in that the optics aren't good but the upside is that maybe the government through this shuffle get to put more effective people in certain positions and i think that will bode well for his government let me ask you because she goes on to say this is sarah
1: singh ndp uh... deputy leader ontarians deserve to know why a minister facing multiple lawsuits and who is deeply intertwined in a scam that bilked ontario families out of forty million dollars will remain in cabinet and in caucus what's she on about van solen
2: Look, uh, this is about uh, Mr. Tobolos' uh, past uh, past li- legal career, and his firm uh, is entangled in a couple of lawsuits. Uh, those those processes are playing out. Uh, what we heard from the premier is that he has the minister still has his confidence. Certainly, he has put him in a in a portfolio that's a, you know with a little less required uh, in in that job. Uh, it certainly, could be seen as a as a demotion. Uh, but at this point, uh, he said, "Look, he have my confidence. I appreciate him being at the cabinet table, and we're going to let those processes play out and uh, but he has my uh, you know he has my confidence as i said so that's where we find ourselves uh, these are thorny issues when we have people who have uh, dynamic uh, busy careers before politics and and some of those uh some of those storylines continue to play out while you're in while you're in uh, while you're in cabinet
1: all right well i'm going to move from sarah singh on to jugmate in just a moment some of the mm-hmm. things that he said on the weekend by the way no relation uh <laughs> we'll see uh exactly how the panel responds in kind to that and more topics worthy of discussion brought to you by pizzaville adrian Mike Van Sol and Carly Nation on The Oakley Show, Global News Radio 640 Toronto.
0: A shuffle in uh, cabinet, you know, four months in, uh, without real justification for some of those changes, uh, it's concerning. It absolutely is. Uh, I think it makes us wonder, uh, you know, is, is this government ready to govern um, and are they ready to do the things that need to be done for Ontario's families?